Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Kimberly Bailey. We talked about her experience playing volleyball at the Division I level, what type of competitor she's found herself to be, the Boston Marathon, and so much more. Enjoy today's interview with Kimberly Bailey. Kimberly Bailey, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Thank you. Uh, I start every podcast by asking how the most recent run went. It was so cool to get the message from you earlier today saying that you were going to come here right after your run. How was the run? How many miles did you get in? I know this is audio, but can you tell that I didn't go on a run right before this? Um, No, so I I full on goose egged it today. Oh, no. No Yeah. And then I have plans plans later. So um, no run today, but that's okay. Um, So my last one run was yesterday. just in the heat, just a few miles easy with some pickups um, on the field club trail. I live relatively close to it, so it's my yeah, it's my classic classic route when I need one in a pinch and I just need to go out my front door. I used to live uh, at like 41st and Harney, and I yeah. I miss that trail immensely. When yeah. I first moved, I moved in March of 2022, and I think for the first month after I moved, I was like. I might have been depressed or borderline depressed that I wasn't running on that trail every day. Yep. So you know how awesome that trail yep, is. Yep, I run on it almost every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you also like are a part of the... So Derek Lowski, he was the guest on episode two. Chris yep. Whitney was the guest on episode three. Yep. Uh, we're we're kind of like trying to have this running community around here. You're, you're a part of that and you'll yep. often do like the track workouts with people in the early mornings. Are you someone that is able to kind of wake up and go or do you have to have the coffee, the banana, whatever it is, as you yeah. get your day started. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This uh, this summer, I have had a tough time getting up, or maybe I just want the brutal brutal end-of-day sweat to just just cap off the cap off the work day. Um, but I'm usually uh, morning, yeah. morning run. Like, yep. get it out of the way. Like, like supercharge. The, like, get ready. Get ready to go. Um, and I am... I. I loved when Derek said it. I was like, I'm just a better person. I'm a better professional. I'm a better creative if I run in the morning. Um, not to say that I'm not on the other days, but I think there's like an incremental um, difference. I had a boss uh, a few years ago, and he was someone that was saying to me early in my career, like, you know, if you can try to work out before the show mm-hmm. because your 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 brain will fire better. You'll do all of yep. these things better. And I remember I was like, OK, sounds good, Dave. And then I started doing it. And then when I would fall out of it, I would notice much more sluggish when I don't work out. And yep. then I, I feel a whole lot better. And yep. now I, I work out every single day. And yep. so I cannot imagine coming to work without trying to get something like that. Yeah. It just sounds really tough on my brain. Yep. Um, I mean, I went zero, <laughs> went zero miles on Strava today, but I had a very productive work day. So <laughs> I feel good. It's a, it's a, it's a fair trade. So you, you were an athlete in college and I want to talk about that, but first yeah. let's go before that. What kind of an athlete were you growing up? And, and I guess, was there ever a moment where you would imagine the type of runner, someone who has a, a love for running that you do now in 2023 when you were a kid? Uh, no, Mm-mm. no, not. Isn't it that like that for all of us? It at all. I wouldn't even imagined it five years ago because I just I ran my first marathon four and a half years ago. Um, I ran my first double digit mileage day in 2017. Um, oh wow! Yeah, no. So it nope. I would say I never imagined. Um, but growing up, I 
I wanted to be in every sport. Mm -hmm. My evenings were packed. My parents were were true chauffeurs uh, of my lifestyle of a, as like a little youth athlete. Um, so props to mom and dad because they they took me everywhere um, and basically let me sign up for everything. I tried I tried softball, basketball. Um, like running of different sorts in middle school, volleyball became the love, but I was actually super resentful to it early mm. on. I like thought it was going to be too slow for me, um, which is people don't really, really say that about really, volleyball. Really hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was going to be too slow, and then I wanted to be the next Mia Ham. So like soccer all the way growing up. Um, and so I guess even thinking back now, like I guess I liked the running part of soccer, but I didn't think of it as that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. So yeah, I I was just athlete through and through growing up. I was I was on every team and every tryout, do, giving it my best, trying my best. Club club volleyball growing up in high school or middle school through high school and all of that. And so at a certain point, you you know obviously you have to start whittling away as mm-hmm. you get older and older. So you enter high school and you are participating. You're doing track. Yep. You're obviously playing volleyball. And were you doing softball as well? Basketball. You were doing yep. basketball as well. So what was I guess what kind of led to those and. And you just mentioned it with volleyball that you thought it was too slow. Like what maybe pushed you into that, given that you would ultimately go on and play college for, yeah. for the Mavs? Yeah, I so truly I, I picked up track to kind of just round out the three sport athlete of mm-hmm. being a high school athlete. I was like, how cool would that be to get 12 sport letters? Not very many people get that. Let's try it. Um, which sounds so funny saying it out loud because that's kind of my personality. But um, I, volleyball was a fall sport, basketball was a winter sport. And then I was like, well, if you want the 12 letters, I guess you have to do a spring sport. Um, what were the options? I don't even remember. Tennis, tennis, soft, no, I think softball was fall. So yeah. tennis or track and <laughs> the, the track coaches, which we'll probably get to later. Um, uh, the track coaches, um, didn't make me come out, but they they like heavy handedly uh, persuaded me to to come out, and then I lettered in all three the freshman year, and then I guess I'm now gonna try track. <laughs> yeah. um, and I did hurdles, four hundred um, and four by four until my senior year, and I tried the eight hundred. I was like, oh, this is my jam. I should have been doing this the whole time. Um, but it's so nice that that decision was made then, um, because now. I guess fast forward, even though we'll come back to this point in my journey. Um, yeah. My current coach was my high school track coach. Oh, really? Yep. Small world. Yep. So it's funny because so when I was looking into your bio page today on the the Mavs website, it yep. it, it mentioned the hurdles and it mentioned uh, that you were doing like relay stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. And and so I was thinking back to when I ran. So I ran the mile and I ran the two mile. So I did you know the true mm. distance in high school. Yeah. And I always remember looking over at people who did hurdles or any sort of sprint work, and I always felt like this this jealousy of like their practices look so easy. We have to go and run for five, six, seven miles, yeah. and they just get to like work off of the blocks. Whereas now I look at it, I would much rather any day go for like a 12 mile run than have to do any sort of interval work Mm -hmm. just because I know that the ladder is going to feel a lot tougher even if I'm not running as many miles. And so I wonder how you look back on running those distances, given that you just said you didn't run a double digit mile day until 2017 Mm -hmm. and and you're running marathons now. Like how do you, I guess, view the old you versus the current you in that regard? Gosh, good question. I guess... To put a pin in it for a second, I I was so focused on volleyball growing up that I was like, I'll go out for track only if I can do 
the speed work because then it was complimentary to my volleyball. Sure. Tank. Like it was all, it was all volleyball. Um, and everything was going to complement it at that point. Um, and I'm so thankful that I did all of that. And, and then a little bit more, um, through the track journey in high school, but my, my journey of, I guess, running from then to now, it, there was a huge gap. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge gap in time. Um, college volleyball, they're playing D1 volleyball at that level. Distance running was counterproductive. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I would get out in the off season and run three miles, three and a half miles. And I'd felt like I was an all-star runner. I was like, I am a runner. I did it three I'm miles. I'm doing it, right? This is running, right? And, and that is, um, but back, back, back then I was like, this is about my max mm-hmm. because it was just such different muscle groups and, and different type of endurance. And really, again, I was like, this is to keep me in shape and to keep going and to to keep me busy and diversify a little bit in the springtime in the off season. But really, like, I'm not trying to take away from my speed at all on the court. Um, it's so, something to do to get to volleyball season yeah, in a way. Yeah, it's, it was all just kind of a function of of diversifying my training a little bit, mm-hmm. um, whether whether the weights coach liked it or not. <laughs> um, and... And then just did a lot of interval stuff on the treadmill um, in the wintertime. And that was about it. So I taking taking like that snapshot of me as a runner and then trying to even imagine running a marathon not not that many years later. Um, I would have said you're foolish. <laughs> so So I've I've had you are guest number eight and and I've had some pretty good runners on. Yeah. Um you are another you have. You, I, I, I feel like I'm in really <laughs> special company. I'm like sweating over here thinking about the other guests. I'm like, gosh, I'm the newbie over here. And, and I've had athletes that have competed in college mm-hmm. and, and so you've also played D one uh a D one sport, you played volleyball, and so everyone has been very um, like uh, down, they downplayed, and I imagine you're going to do that as well. But when did you realize, like, that you were good at volleyball, and it was something that you're like, oh, I could go to college, and I, mm-hmm. you know, maybe get a scholarship in these things. Like, at what point does that happen in the midst of you doing all these sports? Well, then I will prove you wrong very quickly that it was never a maybe for me. Um, like I knew freshman year. Awesome! I love hearing the confidence. Like, like this. I, I am. I was so boldly confident that it was all in my control to get get as good as I wanted to be and could be at volleyball that I I picked up a new position halfway through high school because I was like, I want to be a utility player. I want to be recruited. You want me on your team. Like no matter if I'm maybe the tallest or the best, I can play every position. And so I was I decided that freshman year of high school and I was like, all right junior year is the big year to get recruited like in volleyball world that's the time Mm -hmm. especially for women um work towards that sounds like a two-year goal and then it's showtime junior year and like let's go so you're building towards that then and I started going to setter camps and different things like that because my dream was to play D1 volleyball um I was also very passionate about school and super nerd so I was like well those have to go hand in hand like I want to I want to get a great education Um, but I want to play D1 volleyball and my parents were so trustworthy in me, um, and really just let it, let it be my decision and let it be my journey, um, to pursue that. And I did, I remember even like Googling D1 schools and printing them out, highlighting like the list, the full list of D1 schools, uh, 
stapled it together in my parents' basement and then went through and highlighted all the ones that I wanted to send film to. I was like, all right, these are the ones I'm going to send film to. I'm going to fill out questionnaires. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Sounds just like what I do like a little bit now. It's a project. It's just kind of a long project. So go after it and see what you can do. How many schools did you send it to? Do you remember? I don't even do you know remember. The no, but it was, it was, it was a lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So and I did not want to stay in Nebraska either. So interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say you're you're from Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the yeah. University of Nebraska, Lincoln, a very successful volleyball program. Yep. You end up at Omaha. Why Omaha? It was the best of all worlds, and actually, it's it's a really beautiful little story. Um, that I wanted to be the story goes is that I I was getting recruited and I was getting recruited at three different positions I was um I was getting recruited at outside hitter setter and libero libero being the only one I had never played before um I went on to then play libero in college and that's the only position I never played I wanted to be committed by the first first day of my senior year okay and we were narrowing it down. Like I learned how to do a pros and cons list early in life <laughs> because that's how I decided. I remember sitting down. Here, here are my top three schools. Um, that one was D one, one was D two, one was D three, um, and I did a pros and cons list of all three of them. And I actually landed on the D two one, which at the time when I committed to UNO, mm-hmm. it was D two. Yep, which was roughly August of. 2010, I guess. And then in March 2011 was when, or March-ish, I don't remember exactly. As you're finishing up your senior year of high school. Was when they transitioned to D1. Okay. I was like, okay, (laughs) you made the right decision at the right time. You made it, you made an intentional decision. You made a wise decision for you and your family. And my parents were like, whatever feels best, like we're backing you, whatever that decision is. I'm like, thanks. That is Again, I've talked to my parents, talked about my th- parents three times already, but they have really been a huge support of me as an athlete and kind of where I've landed. Um, and they, we decided on UNO, and then just a few months later, they transitioned to D1, and the dream still came true, That's which so is cool. really, really, really awesome. What uh, one more on volleyball before we get to yeah. running? What, what do you miss most about about that time in your life? About the team? About the sport? All of the above? What do you miss the most? Oh man, what do I miss the most? Uh, two things. One, the team. Mm-hmm. And two, the the team for sure. I mean, to sit on that one for just a second. I I love I have I actually really grew up only playing team sports and I, even track, uh, though it was something quite different for me. I looked at it as a team sport because I got to I got to know so many different people um in that in that in that season, literally in the springtime, I got to know more people at my school than I like ever got to know otherwise. Mm. And so I loved the team aspect. Um, I've always loved the team aspects of, of sports and especially in college. Man, we we went through it. Uh, going through five years of a transition of a D2 to D1 school, we went through it. And that core group and, and all the players I got to play with, um, but that core group of seniors that graduated, we... We really did something with it and left a great footprint, and I I just loved love that camaraderie of the team. Um, the second thing I miss the most that I now get a little bit of every so often when I um, get to get to be at a start line is the adrenaline and butterflies right before competition. 
And I got to, ha- it was candy for me. I got to have that two or three times a week during season. And that's what you, that's what you're working for. Like practices. I loved practices too. Like I was actually one of the rare people that I'm like, I love practice. Let's go. Yep. Um, the process. I loved the process, but I loved even more the butterflies and the adrenaline right before you, you start the match. And yeah. so now I get that just not as often, but I get that same feeling with running because there is a, a time and place to go test yourself yep. and test the process that you've been working towards. And that is one of my favorite things. All right. I'm so happy that those were your two answers and I'm going to put a pin in both of them because yeah. I want to ask about each of them next. Uh, yeah. But first, so what do the next then few years look like as your volleyball career comes to a close yes. and you mentioned 2017. So there's what a couple of years, two or three years in there. What it, What's happening with you as you finish up school as you finish up college and you're just maybe trying to figure out what's next and maybe how to scratch the itch that you're missing from your time playing volleyball. I I was actually, uh, I was kind of a classic, well, I, I, I use classic very loosely, um, something, a challenge that a lot of um, postgraduate uh, student athletes face is that t- transition out of sports and out mm-hmm. of out of that routine. You have a fitness routine. You have a prescription every day of what to do and how how you're expected to like feel and what you're going to get out of it. And you always have a training plan that someone else is writing for you. Mm. I actually I found that as a challenge that um, you didn't have that. that anymore. I didn't have that anymore. No. And so from and especially when so there was a small amount of time in 2000. So my senior season was 2015. I went on to continue to stay on the court in the spring of 2016 because I was contemplating um, going to try out to play professionally overseas. Oh. Um, and I basically made a small ultimatum for myself that was, I had a, an awesome internship that went on to be a five-year full-time role at an awesome startup here in Omaha called Flywheel that was later acquired, now WP Engine. But I got an internship there. Um, they said that they are likely to hire full-time. They likely hire their interns full-time. So I was like, okay, well... I'm going to make myself invaluable because that's kind of my, that's, that's your my, jam. That's my jam. I, I'm going to make myself invaluable and do that. But if I don't get hired full time, I'm going to go try out to play professionally. If I get hired full time or get offered full time during the internship, I will stay mm-hmm. and I'll just be like, close, close that delightful little book on, on volleyball. And so I got offered full time. Yeah. So I stayed and kind of made your decision for and, you and made my decision for me. Um, but then kind of to pick up on the rest of that story from mid 2016, once I really, really got off the court till 2018, when I ran my first good life havesy, I was, I was just lost. (laughs) I was like, let me try this group class. Let me try spin. Let me try bar. Let me, and, but I was always searching for the group places or like the group classes and, and because I have a lot of initiative. I, my, my, I come with a lot of initiative, and that's one of my strengths. But I just didn't know what I liked to do, and I maybe actually also felt a little bit burnt out. Mm. Um, so I started running because at Flywheel one day, um, a friend of mine who is training for the Lincoln Marathon, she was going for her, she was going for a BQ, um, She's like, I'm going for my 10 mile run tomorrow. And she kind of, she kind of asked like, want to come? I'm like, 
uh, I don't know. I've never done that before. Like I ran a 10K and that is it. And it sucked. <laughs> um, and she's like, well, come on, like, try it. We can go super slow. Like you can do it. Like female athlete of the year, like blah, blah, blah. Like you can, you can do that. Um, I'm like, okay, well, I also like to prove people wrong. So <laughs> let's, let's go. And, but she was saying it with all, with all kindness and like inspiration and you can do this attitude. So we went the next day and I was like, oh, I just ran 10 miles. Cool. It sucked the next day. It was, <laughs> oh, not, yeah. it was not great the day after. Um, but then I was like, okay, well, cool. And then a year later, I signed up for the Good Life Havesy and kind of trained for that. Mm-hmm. And that was, or maybe that was 2017. I even had to go look at when did I run what races because I ran more full sanctioned full marathons than I have half marathons. So like the half marathons get a little fuzzy in there. But um, and then I signed up for signed up for that Good Life Havesy. And then later on, my first full marathon was October 2018. It was the Nebraska Marathon. Okay. I ran the half that. Was that the one where it snowed? Yeah. Oh, I finished. So I and I remember my- watching the people because it, it, you turn it at the, uh, which casino is that over in Iowa? Yeah, it's in between the two. Yeah, yeah, and I remember turning and seeing everyone else who goes left. And as it's starting to snow, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm happy I'm not doing that. I was one of them. You were one of the, you yeah, went it left. it was my first marathon. Oh, God. And I decided to run that race three months and a few days before. I was Because I was like, okay, like, I kind of like running. I'm doing it a little bit in the back. I'm, like, in, like, uh, behind the scenes. I'm kind of doing it, but I kind of still want to be really good at group classes. I don't know if running's for me, like, Races, yeah, that was fun, but meh, I don't know. And and then I had a few friends that were running marathons, that were runners, and I was like, I will either try, I want to do, I want to try a triathlon, and I want to try a marathon. I thought the triathlon was going to come first. Oh, wow. And then I knew the race organizers of the Nebraska Marathon, um, because my boyfriend at the time, it was one of his best friends. So they're like, come on, come on, do it, do it, do it. And it's like 12 weeks and a few days. <laughs> and you've like, never run one before. I've never ran one before. <laughs> I've ran one half marathon um, and I barely trained for it three weeks before. I was like, let me get a few miles in. If I can do 10, I can do 13, um, especially in like a big swarm of people. They'll carry me there. Um, and so I signed up for it and then. I don't even remember. Maybe it was like a Wednesday I decided to, signed up for it, registered. Thursday, went and looked for a Hal Higdon beginner marathon program. We all do that. And then the next Monday, I started my 12-week program. (laughs) It was literally like, you can do hard things and you kind of like them, so go. So you <laughs> Challenging just, It just kind of happened. Yeah. It just kind of happened for you. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, when I asked you about the things you miss most, uh, yeah. you mentioned two things, like the teammates, the camaraderie, yeah. that aspect, and you mentioned the competition. Yeah. Um, so it's so funny because my next two questions were literally going to be about those things because it seems like you, as, as we've talked about already, with the, the running group in Omaha, it seems like you yeah. have thrown yourself into that. How, how much of, of, I mean, I guess you've already kind of answered it, but with the running community specifically, how much mm-hmm. of yourself thrown into that has been because of missing missing the volleyball missing what you I guess you have from volleyball in that perspective because it's so funny I've talked to a lot of athletes over the years and a lot of former athletes and they never say like I miss the games they always say I miss the locker room I miss my teammates Mm -hmm. I miss my friends so it seems like you were trying to 
scratch again that itch yep. that you had missed from your team. Yep. Yeah. So I I did. Yeah. And th- it happened to be there's actually some coworkers, and it's really cute and really sweet to talk about the community that we built, especially going into the pandemic. It was just me and two friends, Karen and Dusty, and we're all like, let's get Karen a BQ. Like, let's get Karen a BQ. She's so close. She missed it at Lincoln at Lincoln the spring before. Let's get her to one. And we decide this in like January 2020. We're like, <laughs> let's go. And it's just the three of us. Like, we can do it. And I remember on a run with Dusty, we're like, all right, I'm getting faster. And he's like, and I want to just train to get to Karen's speed to get her to a BQ time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a few years older than me. And so the times were a little bit different. Yeah. And, and so I remember on that, Dusty and I were like, arm and arm, we're like, we're going to get Karen a BQ. That means I get faster and you also get faster. Yeah. You help out a friend and it helps out you. And so we called ourselves the beeps because even at that point where we were walking at the mile, because that's what kind of Karen needed during her training to kind of ramp back up into it. And Mm -hmm. so we called ourselves the beeps. And that's what our little group name is called today because of that glorious sound your watch makes at the mile because we would celebrate that because then that meant we got to walk part of the mile. Uh-huh. Um, and so we called ourselves the Beeps and it was just the three of us to start. And then another friend joined in who worked with us at Flywheel 2. Um, and then the pandemic hit. So all of a sudden we had four people that enjoyed running that were trying to build a base. Um, and built one together through the pandemic to get outside and see friends. And like literally one of the safest ways you could was to run. Um, So luckily we had a little bit of an established um, goal in mind. And so we, we did that and that was honestly so beautiful because we all got better and we all started to get faster at different rates. Um, But we still got together every morning or every other morning to run. Mm -hmm. And we started working with a coach that we all worked with. So then he knew what we, that we were all going to run, but I started to peel off into like a little bit faster um, of workouts, but we'd at least always warm up and cool down together. And that was the best and, and has been the best because now that group has just like slowly grown. And then I found another running group with Derek and like kind of all those guys. And, and then, and then, getting to now bring people along into it that are going after their first marathons and things like that. I'm like, I'm only seven in, but man, have I learned a lot in four and a half years. Like, and my first one was in the snow. You got this. Like, and so I get to kind of also cheer on my friends that have helped me get here, but also bring in more, bring in more people into those, into those groups. Um, um, so I think Derek, Derek said in his episode, just so we can all learn, like there's nothing to hide here. It's awesome. It, there's nothing to hide. I don't and remember. I'm so excited to share what I've learned, which is I'm not, I have actually just done very little research into running. I just do it intuitively and I'm really good at following instructions <laughs> when my coach says what to do. I go do it. Um, but I've also learned a lot along the way, especially on the nutrition side. So Yeah. I don't remember if we talked about it on, on his episode, but I remember talking to him after Boston, which you ran, and we'll certainly yeah. talk about that soon. Yeah. Um, but him and basically everybody set a PR, like that's in this group yeah. that went and ran it. And I remember talking to him afterwards, maybe a week or two later, and he's like, I think that happened because of we all just push ourselves and we yeah. push each other because we want to. It's not like this unfriendly competition. It's like, 
uh, hey, he's doing that. Well, I got to go out there with him. And, and I mean, it helps, too, that a lot of especially those what four or five guys are all kind of at the same level. Yeah. But it was so cool following that day. And it's just like, oh, wow. All everyone just do, 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 PR, 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 PR. And it all goes back to even just in the mornings when it's tough to get up. Yeah. You're all texting each other saying like, especially on our like in our little beeps group, it would be some days where like three of us would be saying like, no, nah, I want to sleep in. Then one be like, I'm getting up and going. Then the all yeah. of a sudden right, went fine, from four to four. And then fine, I guess I got to go. And then you get better. And and so that was even just thinking back on that. It gives me chills because I got so much better because of maybe that one person in our four person group that was like, I'm getting out there today. And then sometimes it would bounce over to me and like, I'm going to be the one that gets out to there today. Come on guys. You don't want to be the one to say, let's go. And so, yeah, the, the group to at least, what do they say? Like 80% or, uh, success is 80% starting or like, like the workout is just like 80% of the work is just getting there. Yeah. The other, like once you start and once you get there, it goes. Yeah. But can you show up every day? Of the effort is yeah. getting there. And it, it truly is. And I learned that for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get there, you're like, all right, my shoes are tied. I've got, I've got sports bra on. Like I'm ready. My, I, I maybe forgot my headphones today, but I'm still ready. Like <laughs> that's okay. And so, so yeah. You mentioned competition. It was the other thing that you missed. How do you, how would you compare your competitive nature then, given it's a team sport, volleyball yeah. is a team sport, and you have like this kind of unified goal versus mm-hmm. now when, I mean, like, let's be real, none of us in this, in our running group here are going to like, we're not going to go and, you know, win the Boston Marathon or something. No, so yeah. I guess, how, how, how are you different and not how are you the same? Attitude. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> you're kidding. right. I'm you're just, right. Uh, the, just your competitive fire then versus, is it the same, but just maybe in different ways? Yeah, I would say so. I'm like foundation of me is competitive. Mm-hmm. Now it's just kind of like ebbed and flowed in different ways based on different points. And I think it's, and I think it comes with confidence too, mm-hmm. confidence in that sport. Um, but I've, but even when I was just starting out, I was like, Oh, because of exactly what you just said, I'm the goal is not to win the Boston marathon. The goal is to beat myself. But each time I go out, yes, that is that is different than a team sport, uh, especially a D1 sport where you're like end of the season conference tournament. You want to get there like you want to We're like record means a lot Um, and you can't do it by yourself. You actually can't play volleyball on a 30 by 30 court by yourself against six others like you can't do it so and so the team aspect and the competitive aspect came with so many other factors but a lot of those same things that I brought to the table or brought to the court and 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 then I got to learn from other athletes and other um other teammates I kind of get now by being part of these groups where people I actually want to surround myself with people that are better than me all the time. Yeah, like, same. I'd like to be the slowest on the totem pole because then I will just pick one off <laughs> as I go. Yeah, give me a year, give me a two, give me three. Like, and it's not, it's not to, it's not to beat other people. It's mostly because I can chase now. Like, it's so it's different. Before, I was like, I we need to beat that opponent to, to kind of test, to test ourselves. Now it's like I don't actually need to beat any of you in a race, but I can watch your times or like just get faster and meet up with you now yeah. and, and kind of just go up the ladder in speed. 
um, and stay healthy along the way and all those things. But and then learn like now it's like a fine tuning of dials, which is really interesting and fun. Um, so, yeah, my my competitive it has gone nowhere and I don't think it will. Yeah, so. I love the way that you described it at the beginning, because I was trying to think about myself and my competitive nature and how that shows itself in running, because yeah. Like with my job, I think it's easy, right? It's like, well, I want to have really good ratings and I want to beat my competition. And that's how I approach it. And that's a tangible thing that I can look at. Again, you're right. Without the dreaming of big of winning the Boston Marathon, um, Mm -hmm. I, I, what, how do I, how does that show itself? How does my competitive fire? And I've always thought beating my old self. And that's what Mm -hmm. it is. Whether it's me a week ago, if I'm doing a tough workout or, you know, my last marathon. Um, and I think kind of that's why the, the Lincoln marathon this year maybe did a number on me because finally an older marathon beat, beat the newer marathon, but it's always about trying to beat myself. And like, I, I love the group, um, and looking at times of people and not, it never makes me feel like inadequate. It's always Mm -hmm. just like, that's a fun goal to chase after. Like I remember when I first started following Derek on Strava, it was like, Wow, he's really fast. I wonder yeah. if I can get there. And yeah. just trying to slowly get there. Yeah. And now, you know, him and a lot of us, I think that we're all kind of in that that same little little level. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's it's so much fun because it a PR is a PR. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's yours. It can be five seconds. Yep. And it's mine. Yeah. Like it's not yours. It's it's different by age, by gender, by everything. Yeah. Um, but actually we're all just athletes going after PRs and uh and that is really cool. And that's actually one of the things that I think I just discovered in the last few years in running that I was like, now that I'm getting better at it and I kind of understand, and I just started to immerse myself more in the sport uh, overall by watching other athletes, by getting to know local athletes that are that are doing great, great things in running, um, either from a community basis or by performance. Um, and then and then just learning more about the science of the sport I'm like wow okay this is I'm glad I found this now Uh I'm glad it didn't take me much longer because this is awesome I feel the same way and um but I'm so glad I found it when I did um I I love what you said um about the PR the the guest on the first episode Jonathan Levitt he he talked about how you know if you you mention a time for a lot of people it it really won't make sense especially those outside of the running community it's like hey what's your time goal right now if you say like 315 yeah. I don't really know if people understand what that means. They they understand Boston qualifying time, yep. and and he always says that he's he's going after a sub two hour marathon because he's like that's the only thing that will make you know that people would understand because it's a <laughs> yeah. world record. So he yeah. he says it's essentially without context. You know you don't really know anyone's mm-hmm. story, and yeah. that's that's how I view it. It's always just this is my time because it matters to me, to and ma- it matters yeah. to me personally, even yeah. if it doesn't mean anything to you yep. on the street. Yep. Uh, okay. Earlier you told the story, and, and you mentioned her a couple of times. Your friend who is chasing Boston. So you, that first kind of comes on your radar. I imagine you've heard of the Boston marathon, but this was 2017 or 2018 when she mentions it to you. Well, she mentioned somewhere in, it was either 2017 or 2018. Actually, I think it was the Lincoln marathon, 2018 where her and, um, actually remember like scrolling and see and watching the, um, watching the updates of the race. Cause she was running it and going for a BQ, and then my boyfriend at the time was running it. Okay. And I'm like, this is the first time I've ever, like, downloaded an app to, like, follow, follow a race. race. And I was driving back from Austin, Texas, because I had gone down there for a little trip to see a friend. And so 
I don't even think I knew what her, like I knew what her goal time was, but I didn't really know the whole world of BQs. Mm-hmm. She missed it, mm-hmm. which was okay. But that was something that then we got to talk about and like fantasize about a little bit, or I just started to learn a little bit more about it. And then really when this idea of Boston came along was I even <laughs> I'm gonna be a super dork because I don't I can barely even remember my Boston time from two and a half, three months ago. Um, so I had to go write them down. Um, but I think when I really started to understand may, not, I'm not even maybe at the time I was like, I could probably go after a Boston qualifying time mm-hmm. was during the pandemic okay. because I missed grandma's cause we all signed up oh, for grandma's brutal. We all signed up for grandma's couldn't do it. So oh. we like made our own little like Wabash half marathon that we all ran and kind of like made our own races happen. And then we're just like, all right, we're going to build a base. 2020 is our year of building a base. I'm like, all right, I've never built a base before. Let's do it. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> running every day, running in six days a week. I yeah. don't know. So I just learned that. I learned what that took. Consistency is basically what I learned. Consistency is key. Um, and that actually, one of the beauties of running and distance running is the compounding effort. Like over time, your effort compounds with consistency. I'm like, okay, cool. So then 2021, we all got into the Chicago Marathon. Okay. Our, our four-person beeps group got in. So we all lottery. We all got in the lottery, awesome. which was a dream. Yeah. Because it would really suck if one of us didn't. Yep. Um, we all got in. And then we're like, all right, game time. We have a year, a little bit, a year and a half base because of the pandemic. And now we get like I sell on that. And I had no idea what I was capable of because my marathon PR at the time was like a 406. And you had to run a, if you're going to qualify for Boston. 330. Okay, so you had to chop off over a half hour. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, oh, which is over a minute a mile. Yep. Yeah. And But I was like, I don't know, it's been a few years. Like I ran the Lincoln Marathon, the, the, most, the most recent marathon I had ran before that. It basically goes October 2018. Was a snowy one, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Come on, like I'm gonna run another one sooner than later because it snowed." Like I was just glad I finished, so I ran Lincoln in May 2019, and that's when I ran a 4:06. Okay. Um, and both goals, the goal for both of those was to break four. Didn't do it for either one. I'm like, "All right, third time's the charm." Turns out, third time's the charm didn't get to be until Chicago. Um, of 2021. Oh, wow. So you went, what, two and a half years, basically? I had a long time to wait, but a long time to build. Uh And then I was like, I have and then we started working with a coach, and I had no, I really didn't know what I was capable of, but I'm like, I don't know. Let's go for it. BQ in Chicago? Sounds awesome. It's flat? Even better. Not going to snow? Sweet. I can take whatever. (laughs) Was it really hot that day, and did we start the race at like 70 degrees and super humid? Yes. But nothing was stopping me because it wasn't snow. And and so we went and I remember crossing the finish line and running a 326, 326 something um, and just like bawling my eyes out. So I was like, oh, my gosh, one, whether you get in or not with the cutoff to BQ to Boston, that's like that's something to worry about for a later date. What you just did was like take off 40 minutes. Yep. You had a goal. I had a goal, went for it. And you smoked it. 
and w- and and crushed it. Yeah. And then I was like, if it is enough of a cutoff to get into Boston, I'll just sweat about that starting tomorrow. Uh-huh. But today, you ran a Boston qualifying time, and that's 2021. Three years ago, you had no idea you were capable of that. Almost to the date was three years before that. I ran my very first marathon in the snow. It's like, all right, well, time to keep getting faster. <laughs> when you think back on that day in October of 2021, yeah. I mean, like what, what emotions do you feel? Oh my gosh, it gives me goosebumps. I was mostly proud that all four of us went and gave it our all. Mm-hmm. Karen ran a BQ that day too. Dusty PR'd by a ton. Um, Brooke ran her very first marathon. It wow. was a pretty good day yeah. for the crew. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty good day. And and we all had a blast and and got to do it together. It was kind of like the we all got to put a little medal on ourselves because we started running before the pandemic, kept running through it, and then we got like this first awesome, great test together. Um, we had ran the Lincoln Marathon before, or the Lincoln Half earlier that year, mm-hmm. but as far as marathon goes, we had all been we had been all working for that goal. It, it's kind of it felt like we were. I was on the team again yeah. because you spent two years working towards a goal of getting to the conference tournament for the first time or something like that. It was very reminiscent of, we just spent two years consistently training. Like before it was like, you're getting in the weight room in the springtime because it matters for the season. Now it's consistency every day and every week because then like, that's how you're going to get there. And we all got there and it was just like crossing the finish line. And we all ran our own race too. Um, Karen even split off from Dusty because she's like, I'm going for that BQ. And Dusty's like, you go get it. Like, this is what we were, this is what, this is, this is why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, and so we just all went for it and it was awesome. It's so cool you say that about just like putting in all that mileage. I, I saw a tweet earlier today and I saved it specifically for our conversation. Ooh. It was from Jason Fitzgerald. He's a coach. Heard yeah. him on a podcast recently and he said, Strava did a study a few years ago on the Boston Marathon qualifiers. Do you know what they have in common compared to non-qualifiers? They run more. Focus on monthly mileage for this. It forces you to think longer term. After three to four months, there's no doubt you'll be faster. And so, I mean, like, you you proved that out. What what type of mileage had you been running, and what did it look like in training for Chicago that year? Like, what do you remember what kind of increase it, it ended up being in terms of per week? Not per week. It was more like that was the first time I'd ever that I I was introduced to Yasos. (laughs) I was like, I was really at the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. we were all, we were, I guess, leading up to that from 2020 through 2021. um, I was just understanding diverse, like diversifying training during the week. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, 80, 20. Nice. Let's go for it. And that's what the coach kind of set up the plan to be. Yep. Easy runs need to be 10 minute miles. And you're what like, do you Ooh. mean? That's actually really challenging. That's yeah, really tough. It, the first time I did that, I remember I texted my now fiance and I said, I did not like that. I did not have fun. I was out there too long and I felt like I was crawling. And our, and coach, at that, the, our coach at the time would be like, it should make you mad. Yeah. It should make you mad how, how slow you're running yeah. on the easy days yeah. because 20% of the time we should be running at race pace. Yep. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, and so the training was probably just the biggest thing that I... I learned about was like what it means to do different workouts and why thinking back on it and saying it just like as simply as, as I just said, like, of course, Kimberly, that's why you like, that's why every sport that you've ever played, you don't ever do the same drills every day. (laughs) 
So I guess I just have an epiphany. Like, duh, that's what I, I like. I didn't know that then. I obviously very much know that now. Um, but then I was like, oh, well, I don't know. Just to like mix things up a bit. Like I was really such a new runner. It's so silly that this is going to live on the internet somewhere. Because no, I, I, I was so novice and I'm not even bashful about saying it because I, but I also, I, I, I've, I follow a plan if someone gives it to me, so I'll do it. Yeah. Whatever you say. Heck, like, I posted I posted a race recap uh, on uh, the, the advanced running subreddit after Lincoln, and I described one of my workouts, and someone was like, uh, I think that you ran that wrong and you were running it too slow. And I texted Derek. I was like, did I do this wrong? He goes, mm-hmm. yeah, you should have been running it at this pace. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I've been doing a newsletter, and now I'm doing a running podcast, and I was literally doing workouts <laughs> wrong earlier this year. So no, uh, yeah. nothing to be concerned about there. Yeah, but I, I guess like I don't even remember the notch up in mileage. Mm-hmm. It was just the, the way in which you were running the miles. Yeah, the way in which I was running them and the way in which we were doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never... I mean, I'm also like, again, I'm still like pretty new. I think this next, this next, um, kind of training block going into CIM will be different because we have discussed like now I'm, I'm in the fine tuning, not yeah. fine tuning 317, lots of work to do, but to get to the goals that I want to reach. But one of them is volume and working, getting volume in while working at a startup full time is like that's that's like two tasks in itself uh-huh. Those are like yep two um, jobs two jobs um but up until then I mean I was we were getting in I felt super proud about like 45 to 50 miles a week I don't think I've ever run more than 60 miles a week mm-hmm. if I'm just letting everyone know where I stand <laughs> most that could, but that will probably change uh-huh. coming up um and because I have I've built up that strength to be able to do so um I also try to remind myself that's only been four and a half years. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, but but that I'll get there. And and I'm working with a great coach now. And we have a few marathons under our belt together. Um, and so he's really gotten to know me and what I can handle or on some weeks over others or really make it work for life, too, which is which is really great. But um, but yeah, going into that 2021 Chicago, I guess back to the question is I don't really remember the volume or how how many miles a week or that I did leading up to it. It was more just the type of work I was doing and making the type of work, like giving it my best every time. So last week on the pod, I had a woman named Courtney Haig and she has competed in triathlons, including the Ironman. And and so I talked to her about when she qualified for the Ironman, if she approached it like so many of us runners do when it's like, I qualified for Boston best foot forward. This is going to be the best year I've ever had of training. And it's yep. going to ultimately lead up to, to that race in April. So I'm in the midst of that right now. I am what, nine months away from, from Boston and I ran Lincoln. I have Des Moines coming up and then I'll have Boston. So I viewed this, this, you know, I qualified in October and I'm viewing essentially a year and a half plus of just a long, long, long build to Boston. Yep. So you, you qualify at the same marathon that I did in Chicago. Yeah. And you, so essentially we're, we're talking about the same time period. So as you finish up 2021 and you go into 2022, I imagine you have some of those same dreams of like best foot forward. Boston is going to be great. How do you fill the time of 2022? So how did you fill the time of 2022 and, <laughs> and early 2023? Again, knowing that Boston is kind of what the carrot at the end of the stick. Like a silly runner. <laughs> um, no, I, I from from Chicago ran 
ran Boston for the first time. I say silly only because I'm like, I can't even believe I ran four marathons in 12 months. Um, so I'll get to that in a second. But here's how it went. <laughs> it was Chicago in fall 2021, qualified for Boston, uh, ran Boston April, that next April, um, ran that. Uh, oh, you ran you ran Boston in 2022? Two. Yeah, I've ran it twice. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. So my my cutoff was like there was no cutoff the last two years, and so th- uh, anything sub three thirty worked. And so uh, I thought the my, calendar. I thought the calendar would have had it pushed. No. To, oh. No. So my Chicago twenty twenty one. I ran it in twenty twenty two. So yeah, I'm I'm two Boston's in now. Nice. Um, which Congrats. has been really fun. Yeah. And and they've been very different experiences, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is really great. Um, but I just had. I had the time of my life running my first Boston. It was a beautiful blue sky, 50 degree day. I led up to that. I was doing a commercial job in in um, in Dallas, actually capturing like a new format of women's professional sports, capturing their um, professional volleyball league. So I was just doing something I loved, capturing something I loved, and training for my first Boston in Dallas in the heat going up to like run this awesome awesome temperature yeah, day that's perfect. my first Boston it was awesome had friends that came and celebrated me the beep like the yeah, beeps came yeah, and yeah. and they all just came to cheer they got e-bikes and rode alongside us like it was awesome um and so it went yeah I went Chicago Boston April 2022 and then I got into New York and ran New York in November, and then ran Houston uh-huh, and just six months ago, uh-huh. and then I ran Boston again in April. Wow. So it was from, so if you could take from Boston to Boston, it was Boston, New York, Houston, Boston in 12 months. How's your body held up just doing, I mean, that that up, I mean, just build, and then you, you, know, you need the usual recovery time. You don't probably have a whole lot of recovery time in there, so how do you think it's done? Pretty proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, and I think it has come with proper rest right after the races. Mm. I didn't jump back in. So do you like, take time off totally or do you just drop the mileage down considerably? Or do you um, just like not run? Like 15 miles or less mm-hmm. a week. Yeah. Um, for three weeks mm-hmm. at least. Um, whatever. I read it one time. And, and since going, so I worked with awesome coach that was helping us um, like kind of like that. Little beeps crew. He was at, based out of Portland. He had, had to kind of shut off um, coaching at that point a- after my first Boston in 2022. Um, so that's when I started working with Brian Wanzelak, who is out of Lincoln. I was kind of his first, um, first, uh, I don't know, athlete that wasn't high school. North Star, my high school, has come with a lot of Gatorade runners of the year and things like that for track and cross country. Um, a lot of a lot of great great runners have come out of there, and he has worked with them. But I was like, "Hey, Wanzi, will you coach me for New York?" Um, and he said yes. He's like, "Can't promise a PR." I'm like, "That's okay, me either." Um, yeah. And so we went for it. And but but I think what the success has been was uh, having two great coaches mm-hmm. um, for all four of the races um, in the last twelve months, or just a little over the last twelve months from. For that block of time um, and listening to my body and and all of them being pretty adamant about rest right after the race. And 
and making the training work for whatever fatigue I was in, no matter if it was the fourth week after the race or if it was not, if it something felt wonky seven weeks after, and then I was already kind of into the program. I've had really good, really great coaches that have just been like, well, let's make this week work for you. Like, let's make it work for your body. Let's make it work for your fatigue level. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a problem sleeping. So that's never been like an issue in recovery. I I sleep like I get eight, nine hours of sleep every night. Um, Have no problem with that. So I think that helps. Um, I'm also single, so I don't have family. I don't have kids. Um, And so I actually have a lot of things going for me on that recovery side that are maybe challenges that I'm just not confronting at this moment in my life of running. I will at some point. Um, but so I have those working for me and I think that is one of the biggest things I've like the proper patience and recovery after the races. And I didn't plan on running all of those races. I, I like wedged in Houston in there cause I was, I knew I was in sub three twenty shape at New York, but it was so hot. And that's right. New it was York so was brutal hot last year. In November. It was November sixth. November sixth. Um and it was so hot. And I had been I had been training for a three twenty. I was it was gonna be a reach at that point. Mm-hmm. But that would have been like a, a five minute PR. Uh a little bit over that. And and so I went into it, felt super fit going into New York. Beeps came to cheer me on there too. Like we kind of like chase, so each, we cool. chase each other around the United States. It is the best. Find friends like them. Um, and and just the support and like the love. And we all are just cheering each other on kind of like as we all go into different race cycles. Now that we're all different speeds, it's like we are biggest hype crew via message on race days and the night before races. But I, I went into that one with, with um, the goal of 320 and it was really hot and I had to scale back and uh, it was a pretty disgusting day for anyone out there that ran it. It, it seemed was, horrible. It was, it was tough. Um, but man, is running New York one of the coolest experiences I have ever had in my whole entire life. Um, and so that was awesome. And so then I was like, Wanzi was not anticipating me calling him two weeks after. I had already debriefed the race with him like, that night and then the next day but then like two weeks after we're like all right so what do we want to do next i'm like i want to sign up for Houston. i saw that their like registration so open he's like that's not what i thought you were gonna say i was like surprise <laughs> <laughs> can i hold on to this fitness classic runner thing uh-huh. to like ask yourself can i hold on to this fitness can i go for it um so i signed up and went and ran houston and that was actually the most humbling experience because really? it's the first time not getting a PR. Mm. So for anyone out there mm-hmm. that's new to running that mm-hmm. you're like, it's your first time not notching up the ladder, even by a few seconds, you're like, all right, well, glad I got out of the way. Glad I had that experience. You're going to have to have it at some point. It was very uh, tough. It was a tough day. Uh, I walked a lot and still ran a sub 330, but I, it was, it was tough. It was like, uh, nothing will be more challenging than the snowy marathon of 2018. Um, but it was next up on the list and it was, it was, it was tough. And so I, I was like, well, I already have boss on the calendar. So now time to get healthy, get set, let's go third times the charm for three twenty. 
and then you need to rest. Uh-huh. Four in one year at this rate is not healthy. So make Boston the finish line of finish lines. Get that sub 320. You've had two tries at it. So like if you can stay healthy, the fitness will just continue to get a little bit better. You're going to get a little bit faster. Um, and then did. How uh, I want to talk about Boston a little bit more, but how yeah. did you respond mentally to Houston? Because I so Lincoln this year, that was my first non PR in, uh. in this stretch. My stretch goes back to 2020. And I went from a 430 something in Chicago in 2019 to sub four, then to 324 high, then to 259 high. And so it was. Oh, yeah. You have big jumps. I had big jumps. And and I thought I was in much like you. You you thought you were in. You were good to go for 320 shape. Lincoln, I thought I was in 250 shape. And I went out 125 high for the first half. And so I. And it's that that's when the clouds went away. It got super sunny, oh, super yeah. humid. And, and I knew it, you know. As I'm running, I'm like, well, I'm going to lose this. My my A goal, 250, which going into that day, I, I knew I wasn't going to get it. Yeah. Um, but then the 255 was like, oh, I'm not going to get that. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to add to my buffer. I think I'll be fine uh, yeah. for Boston. But then I'm suddenly realizing like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to beat myself from October. And that was that was a lot because I just hadn't done that. And then my, finally, my goal was don't walk. And that was the one goal. Thankfully, I was able just for my own sanity, I guess, to kind of keep. Mm-hmm. But mentally, and it's so funny because then I started this podcast a month later and I'm like, I'm not having fun anymore and I am miserable. And now I have to talk about this. <laughs> um, and I find it's nice. I finally come out of, and I've had some kick ass weeks the last few and including one of my best runs of the whole year, I'd say a couple yeah. days ago. Oh, what was great it? work. Good job. Thank you. What was it like mentally? For you, And it's interesting because you're also a former D1 athlete, so I feel like you're probably better equipped than most of us listening mm-hmm. to handle it. How did you handle it? Oh, man. How did I handle Houston? Um, I had to... So, actually, my, my coach also ran it. Um, he had a tough day. Mm-hmm. Was it? Um, what was the weather like that day? Hot. Yep. Really hot and humid. Um, and no, there's, like, no shade on that, on that race. Um, it's flat, that's for sure, but it was hot. Um, and so we both had challenging days, so we were able to kind of both talk about that. So Mm -hmm. having your coach both run the race, but also have a similar experience. Um, and he's a very accomplished marathon and ultra marathon runner and just, he's brilliant. He so glad he's my coach currently. And, um, and so we were able to talk about it pretty candidly because we both had a shared experience. He was the one that trained me for it. And, and I set out, and I was my first time running with the pacer. I stayed with the pacer. I was on sub three twenty through um, mile twenty and a half, and I had, and I had two friends that came up from Austin to cheer me on, um, and they found me four or five times, and and then at one point, one of them hopped in to run with me, and he knew that I was having a tough time, and it was actually really special. His name's Alex. He um, he was also there. To help run me in on the snowy marathon uh-huh. five years before or in 2018, and so he knew if I was having a if I was having a tough time, it was a tough time. And so recovering from that, one I felt super loved because I had two people there that were cheering me on, um, and knew that I didn't have a good day, but they knew that wasn't going to stop me, um, and had a coach that I could really. Like we could literally talk mile by mile about how it went. Yeah. That was really helpful. And honestly, it felt really good to get a non PR out of the way. I was like, all right, you've done it once now. 
Good. All right. You know what it feels like? And you just and, run a marathon like two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I barely PR'd in New York. I was like lucky to PR that day by 53 seconds. Um, on how hot of a day that was. And, and so I just kind of chalked it up to, well, you can't sulk on it because you're going to start running mileage again soon. You're going to recover. I kind of have this thing where I um, go on a trip right after a marathon because marathons are usually on Sunday or Monday. Uh-huh. And then I always book somewhere else to go right afterwards. Oh, fun. Which is a very privilege. Like, I feel very privileged I can do that. I have flexibility in my job. Um, but it is the best because especially in Houston, I was like, all right, well, at least I get to go to Charleston and like have some solo time and hang out. Cause I had booked something for a few days to like, just go hang out by myself for a few days. And that was, that was honestly really helpful and helped me kind of recover from the, I don't know, disappointment. You can't say it wasn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I was also quick to realize that, I mean, like it's not going to stop me from running. So time to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So then you, you just hop right back into a training cycle for Mm -hmm. Boston. So did you feel, I guess approaching 2023 Boston versus 2022 Boston, biggest difference in mindset going into, to run number two versus run number one there. Biggest, biggest mindset shift. Um, were you more confident? I was so much more confident. I mean, it was, it was actually the first time I've ever ran the same route again for a race. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I have some practice. Yeah. And that so, one notorious, of course, of where are the hills? Yeah. Where, where do I need to slow up? Where do I need to push harder? Yeah. And I, so I went in with some confidence about that. Um, like if we're comparing the two, um, it was a year later, and I knew I was going to let 320 slide by me again. Um, so I was I was on it. And leading up to Houston, between New York and Houston, it was a tough time. It was the holidays, super cold in Nebraska, really easy to knock it out for an all-year program. I probably only did like 80% of what was prescribed to me, which I don't love admitting. Um, but I set the goal of arrived to the – arrived to the start line healthy that was that was goal number one because I was going into my fourth cycle um and and then just go for it because you're going to rest after and or you're going to diversify I've been doing like a little bit of mile work recently 5k 10k and then I'll start back up for another marathon cycle here soon but um I was just like you know what just go for it and I think before I was like oh this is like the biggest marathon in the world you're like, you're an imposter, like a little bit of imposter syndrome lining up at the Boston marathon in 2022. Like you could could barely lace up running shoes like three and a half years ago, um, four years ago. And so I'm like, how are you already here? Like heartbreak Hill? Like, is it gonna, is it going to be that bad? I don't know. You got to run it anyways. (laughs) So go for it. And now I'm like, I know how to run heartbreak. Uh Hill. Like I know how to run it. Um, and I like to negative split races. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, you negative split in Boston last year and you had never ran this before. And you want a negative split this time with a, with a big goal. Um, and you ran it before, like, come on, like go in like head held high. Um, and so I think I was a little bit timid and a little bit like not completely scared, but just 
truly nervous and anxious the first Boston. I'm like, this is the place that everyone wants to land. Uh huh. You've made it. You've worked hard for it. So here you are. Go. And now and then this year, I was like, all right, like one of my least favorite things to say. I don't like when people say fake it till you make it. And I never say it. Um, I rather say act like you've been there is one of my is one of my that's that's how I've kind of built myself as an athlete. Don't fake it. No, like act like you've been there and lead with confidence. Um, and and so that's what I was actually truly able to do because I had been there before. Um, and and that was made. I think it just made some of the nerves turn to excitement. Where maybe there it was a little bit more excitement or a little bit more nerves than ex- I was super excited, but a little bit more nerves than excitement for the first Boston. It was like almost all excitement, a little bit of nerves, just that right amount of adrenaline butterf- butterflies that I was looking for. And then just like went for it and had great friends there and everything. And I would like to say that one of the biggest differences was in 2022, I was running it by myself and the beeps were there to cheer me on this time. Three of the four of us got to run it. And, and then Brooke was there to cheer us on. Um, so me, Karen and Dusty all got to run it and have that experience. And it's way better shared like it. Cause then you can all talk about it afterwards. And that was the best part of this year. Like, yes, I got sub three twenty. like got, got into the three seventeens. I'm like, all right, sweet. Now you're like close to the, like, like low teens. Yep, like yep. You're, you're almost there. But actually the best part was getting to run it with a group. Um, though we all ran separate and we were in different, like I was in a different wave than them. We all could come back to the hotel afterwards and be like, we all know what heartbreak Hill is like now. Like I remember like giving dusty, like the biggest high five up the hill, uh, for my first marathon for my first Boston. Cause I was just dying. Um, but I was going to get there and it was like just full power. And then I had never crossed a finish line. Um, smiling before and and like strong I don't remember turning on from Commonwealth on the Boylston my first year this year I was like clear-headed remembered everything I was strong I was happy I was having full-on conversations with my friends that were like e-bike riding alongside me from 17 to 24 I was like joking with them and still running fast like I was still running very fast it did not take away any of it it just added and so it was it was it was a new picture of me as a racer or as like as um, like race Kimberly was just different. Um, and so that was a big difference. That was a big difference this year, too. So you said something in there just about getting to run with your friends. And after the race, you wrote it felt like a dream, a movie, a magical place full of some of my favorite people chasing me around a historic course full of dreams coming true. And then you added BRB in the clouds. Yeah. That's now what, three months ago? Yeah. Um, you you see this is the first time we've ever met. You seem like a very very positive person. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. What yes? What what were the post race like blue or post race blues like after that? Um, because I I I always I get them. I didn't get them for Lincoln. Yeah. I moved. On, I wanted to move on, but instead I just was stuck in my feels, but not the good feels. Mm-hmm. Boston last year or uh, Chicago last year was incredible. I ran Twin Cities in twenty twenty one, and I just remember the all that work, all that hard work, and just like the sadness of it. They're very real for me. Yeah. What was that like for you after, after Boston? After Boston. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I don't really remember having them. Um, That's awesome. 
I don't remember having them. Um, I remember just getting kind of ride the high with the group and we got to talk about it. And well, and then I went on to go on a little trip afterwards. So I got to kind of like sit in it and feel it and like really celebrate and really kind of like just celebrate and be, be content. Um, it was also the third time going for that time and whatever third times the charm is worth, man, I've, <laughs> I've done it twice now. Like, um, going for sub four <laughs> took three times. Um, and then going for three twenty, it took three times. Um, I hope that's not a forever <laughs> pattern, but, um, but yeah, I just remember thinking like, okay, well, what you set out to do, you did. Um, you arrived to the start line healthy. You were, you had a joyful race and you hit your goal. How could you ask for anything more? Go chill for a little bit and like make sure you stay healthy so you can, can now have a new set, new set of goals that you have your sight set on. Like now it's into the low, like let's get three sub 315, uh-huh. sub 310. Proud to be on this podcast name so because <laughs> I am also chasing that. Um, and chasing so three I, hours. I'm chasing three hours. And so um, it just felt like I made a big step forward. Um, as a runner, as a kind of like as a community member, like I've learned enough now that I'll continue learning. Like I'm going to, there's so much to learn, learning all the time. Um, but I've learned so much now through that progress that I was like, there's nothing to have blues about. Like that was not, if you asked me after Houston, that was not the case. <laughs> um, so I was like enough blues for the first half of the year. Like let's keep those back by Houston and like, Let's keep those in Texas. Um, but I didn't really have them. That's a great perspective. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite part about running? The first thing that comes to mind um, is like a pretty, pretty personal thing. Um, like I love the community. I love getting to run with others. Um, but actually, I really love getting to run by myself um, because it, because of the meditative nature of it. I'm, I'm the head of marketing at a startup. We're working really hard um, to kind of uh, make it easier to support teachers. That's a big, and I was hiring number one there, like big tasks during the day. Um, I am a photographer, so I'm kind of like inundated in content all the time. And then when I'm running, I can put my phone on Do Not Disturb. And it's pretty meditative. I'm very music motivated, so I love listening to music. I love getting to go through my favorite albums. Um, or I love just running in silence because it means like nobody's like I'm not looking at a screen. Nobody's showing me anything. And it's this beautiful. Like I am moving forward. That is what running is. And I love that part of it because it's like you're even if the tiniest steps and it's just slow. It, like the metaphor of like you are moving forward and you're outside, you're getting out and going. Um, I love that aspect of it. And I think that's why I also love it to start the day. Um, you've already started the day by moving forward, like getting out and going, like making advancements, like trying something new. Um, and so, yeah. I think those are probably my favorite. And then really early on, one of my favorite things, and I tell this to like new runners that are going out for their first marathon. I'm like, first marathon? That's awesome. Have you ever ran 14 miles? They're like, no. They're like, 
Awesome. How oftentimes as adults these days do we get to do something brand new that isn't like part of our mundane or like pattern driven lifestyle? And you you did something absolutely net new this week. Oh, you've never ran 15 miles? Net new thing in life. Like you can like put that on the board and that is awesome. And so I'll, like and now I, I feel that in different ways with workouts and things like that. But especially early on, I'm like, that's one of the best things about running is is yes, now it's maybe on the PR, on the like the PR side of things, but then um it's that you're doing something new more often than not. Um and getting into new territory usually more often than not. And that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh yeah. so I, I finish every podcast by asking my guest about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal, which you have mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it could be qualifying for something, which you have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it could just be a feeling, uh, one of which I think you described very, very well. Uh, Kimberly Bailey, what are you chasing? I knew you were going to ask me, and I didn't even come prepared. Um, what am I chasing? Uh, can I give you two things? Yeah. Um, one of them is concrete. Uh, I want to run all six majors. I'm three of... I'm halfway there. Three of the six. Um, I guess it's three things. Two of them are concrete and one is like just a little bit more um, lifestyle driven. But two of them are as like, I'm chasing three hours and I'm not going to get there tomorrow. And I'm not going to get there in December on the first day I am. Uh, maybe I will. I don't actually believe so. I, I'm optimistic realist. Um, I'm chasing... All six majors, halfway there, chasing three hours. But for now, I'll go sub 3.15, actually 3.10 probably for CIM. Um, And then I'm also um, just chasing consistency. Um, Something that I, again, that I've already alluded to that I really appreciate about running is that it gets me up and out every day Um, or almost every day. And I love that and I really don't want to get rid of it so I want to stay healthy so this can be a lifelong sport for me um and so I guess that's probably what I'm chasing is that I never would have imagined racing or running being a lifelong sport I was like I I truly and we talked about it early on like I don't think that would have ever been in my imagination got a pretty big one um I didn't think so but now I'm like I would like running to be a lifelong sport um and whether I continue to get better or change it up with distances or maybe I'm never not always a marathon runner but I maybe I haven't even discovered that I actually love the half marathon like maybe that will be my jam in a few years who knows um I want to keep discovering in running um and and make it make it so that the consistent that consistency yes comes with like discovery of PRs but also discovery of community um and that's where I think I wouldn't be where I am without the friends that I've had um through running and that I continue to find more of them turns out the running community is full of gems of human beings and I'm so glad to be surrounded by them um and so yeah consistency of the sport, but also consistency of getting up and getting out in the morning and consistency of like being there with the community is is exciting. Kimberly Bailey, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs> thanks again to Kimberly Bailey for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance as well as music and sound design. 
Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me, including my weekly newsletter, as I write about my experience training for the 2024 Boston Marathon. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend. <laughs>